Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Alex, and uh, we're, we're taking a one-week break from eschatology. And in this one-week break, we will be actually uh, taking a look at the state of theology. And I have a couple of guests to join me tonight. Um one of them is uh, from the literally the other side of the world. His name is Nephew. Nephew, do you care to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Hello, this is Nephew. Um, it is 4 a.m. where I'm at. And, um, December 30th, right? Yeah, December 30th, 2022. <laughs> Um, but just aside, I'm 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 good to be here. I think it's important that we discuss um this the status of theology and um the prob- the problems inherent in that. I, I think it's um I think it's duty that every Christian should take it upon themselves to to discuss this. So I'm I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that uh, you woke up at four AM to join us. Uh, because it's only nine fifty-five where I'm at, so I'm gonna go to bed shortly. And you don't rub it in. <laughs> I hope you can go back to bed too. But to the other side of the equation, we have another guest to make a small panel tonight. Uh, his name is Chris, and he comes out of California, the state that is on fire. Chris, introduce yeah. yourself. Yeah. A little less on fire now, from what I understand. But my name's Chris. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ezra Reads the Law. Um, one of the Undying Light listeners, been listening since last summer, and happy to be here. Well, I am happy to have you both join me, uh, Chris. You actually have already been on an episode. Um, yes. Uh, back in June, wasn't it? 
It was June. It was June. Uh, yes, we did the uh, state of theology uh, discussion for the 2018 report, which I think was the most recent one at the time. Yep. And we had uh, another gentleman, Matthew, who was in Alaska at the time in Florida now, and uh, he wasn't able to join us tonight. But we had a prior discussion, yes. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, Matthew's buried deep in seminary work right now. Uh, he's going to school to become a pastor, which is fantastic. And, uh, he's, he's really focusing hard. He, he's done some good stuff on, on Instagram, but he's kind of really put that in the back burner, which I am, uh, very impressed with. I myself am in full, full-time ministry and work and I still plow through, um, because I have found this this passion, nephew, as you were saying, about just ensuring people have a right understanding of who Christ is and who God is, and and I think that has such an uh, an implication on how we live our lives, and it goes f- so much further than just simply calling ourselves Christian. It goes so much further than just saying, um, you know, I, I believe in, in, you know, Jesus or or I believe in God or I go to church on Sundays. But I legitimately am, you know, full-fledged Christian. I believe in Christ and his full deity. I believe in the entire redemptive plan of the Bible. You know, I mean, there's theological consequences for us to fully understand and comprehend what scripture teaches us. And so the reason I bring these two gentlemen on tonight is to discuss the 2020 Legionnaires state of theology report. And so uh, you can find the 18 version um, earlier in June. It was under an undying light bonus episode. This is actually going to be just a regular released Friday episode because uh, we're going to take a break from uh, our eschatology series as we discuss this topic. Um, and, and I know for both of these gentlemen, we talk about this all the time in our patron group on, on Instagram because both of these gentlemen uh, have helped fund this ministry. And so we have these discussions all the time on just not just the deity of Christ, but you know, in general, what's going on in the church. And and I know the three of us could probably talk hours about the problems in the church. And we could talk hours on the ignorance of many churchgoers when it comes to understanding who Christ is. But I'm going to kick it off with this first question, and then we will discuss this and we will see how this kind of unpacks itself tonight for you, the listener. So the first question is, who is Jesus? And they write this little caption, and then we'll, I'll give this to uh, the statistics here of the answer. So basically what happens is uh, some Legionnaire representatives go around and they interview people across the U.S. And um, they... They get basic information from the people so they can build a demographic. So they have a whole bunch of demographical uh, responses. So like you can look at uh, responses based upon certain income levels, certain sexes, certain education, all that kind of stuff. But 
they and then they take these questions that are basic to the Christian faith and then they rate that out based upon the percentages of how people answer it. So the number one question that they have on key findings is who is Jesus? Uh, the identity of Jesus of Nazareth have been has been the source of controversy through centuries. He personally claimed to be the son of God and equal to God in Matthew 11, 27, Mark 14, 61 through 62, and again in John 10, 33. And that is why his enemies sought his death. The Bible and the uh, historic creeds of the Christian church plainly declare that Jesus Christ is truly God and truly man. But critics have often said that Jesus was just a great teacher and nothing more. The state of theology survey now reveals that a major, uh, that a majority of adults in the United States hold this view. However, if Jesus is claimed uh, to be God is false, then he was either delusional or deceptive and he could not have been a great teacher. So this is actually the seventh question that are, that are asked. Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. That's the question. 52% of adults agree and 36% disagree. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts? Can I get those statistics again, please? 52% agree that Jesus was just a great teacher, but was not God. And 36% would disagree that he was a great teacher, but not God. Wow. Um, I'm going to read something, right? Um, I got this information from, from core Christianity, the website, mm -hmm. and they had a, they have a blog on this. I'm just going to read, um, just an excerpt from that. Okay. I quote, many evangelical Christians are confused or inconsistent as well. A 2018 survey by Ligonier Ministries found that nearly 95, 95% of self-described evangelical Christians affirm the Trinity, but simultaneously about 80% believe that Jesus Christ is the first and greatest being created by God. How can you believe in the Trinity, right? In one sense, and then reject the, the fact that Jesus Christ is God. Yeah, that, this is this is 2018. This is not 19 1916. This is 2018. In the space of two years, nothing really has changed. So, my question is, right? What are these people being taught in their local churches? Well, I can uh, I can tell you that they're not being taught about Christ, and it's it's evident by not just the, this report and, and many others out there. It's not, and it's not just evident by those on Instagram and the conversations and interactions we have. Um, people are not being taught about Christ in church. They're going to church and hearing motivation speak speeches. Yep. They're hearing about scripture, but they're hearing 10 ways to make your life better. Yep. They're hearing how to get out of debt how to, you know, be a better person. It's troubling. It yeah, and um, just before Chris um, jumps in, right, I believe that as we are discussing this, it kind of puts us in two fronts. 
first is positive, neck. The other one is um negative. Negative in the sense that it is um annoying that we have to constantly defend the deity of Christ when ev- when everything that he has done proves that he is God. All you need to do is check John five and John seven. Sorry, John eight, where Christ gave um, in accordance with what is stated in the Old Testament, where you have to give three um, witnesses, and he did that in John five, while discussing that the Pharisees, and then in John seven and eight, he did the same thing again, and they still refused um, to believe. So for me, the negative aspect, it's annoying that I have to constantly state that Jesus Christ discovered everything that he has done up until that point, and more affirms that he is Christ. And then on the positive side, um, I consider myself um, privileged that I can come alongside others that have defended the deity of Christ since the first um, century. But honestly, it is frustrating. And it's frustrating in the sense that it's those that are supposed to be Christians that don't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chris? Yes, I absolutely agree with nephew. Um, I know we're being taught, uh, we're sitting under biblical preaching. Um, there are going to be things like life improvement. Yes, there's going to be things that there could be biblical precedent to getting your finances in order, uh, using your finances to honor God. But this is basic gospel. We call ourselves followers of Christ. We should know who Jesus is. We should know that he's the son of God. We should know that he is God. Um, I, I actually, I'm flipped open to the Nicene Creed. Uh, I can turn back and go to the Apostles' Creed. Like This was hammered out in the first two centuries of the faith. Um, so, nephew, you were saying that this is 2018. We're seeing this struggle. We're struggling with this that this fact is this was hammered out um creeds were written to hammer out who jesus was they wrestled with this in the first few centuries uh, we should be getting this this is important um knowing who jesus truly is um and i know in my life knowing who christ is it it, it it humbles me. It humbles me before. Uh, it humbles me before God, knowing my place um, in submission to Him. I, I absolutely agree with everything you said, Matthew. So obviously, we know there's issues, and it shows right off the bat that churches just aren't teaching about Christ. They're not teaching a biblical context. They're not showing us and yeah. enlightening us around who. Christ is fully God, fully man. And that is a big issue as we get into some of these other questions, because really this first question is kind of the, the precursor to the rest of these. Now you can easily go on to stateoftheology.com and look at these yourself. Um, you can go to data Explorer and you can hammer out and, and drill down to absolute great levels i mean they put a lot of work into these reports and you so you can get a lot of data out of this but we're just looking at this from these the key findings because these are the things that are 
have a major impact not only on the church but on on the on the congregation i mean these are people who profess to be christian who claim that they are going to go to heaven and most of the time they can't even tell you how they're going to get there they're just they're wrapped up in themselves you know i'm a good person i can get there and i can't tell you how many times i hear that i know you guys have experienced that too and it's it's frustrating like nephew and and you both chris said it you know these people have been fighting this christians have been fighting this since the ascension of christ on his deity the the creeds were written you know not even a few short centuries later at church at the first few church councils these things have been in the church body for hundreds of years can't quite say thousands because it's only you know 1800 years but or, or you know give or take but the fact of the matter is we have a massive gap of teaching today. And, and I'd assume, you know, we, we kind of experience this at, at major points in history, but we have a major gap in, in teaching and people just don't understand who Christ really is. So, so it's, become so, it's become so man centered that where the focus should be on his glory. Now we're getting the self-help or rather the, motivational teaching type thing i can think of the term sorry um it, it's taking that focus off of god off of jesus it's putting the focus on us um as i said earlier yeah it, it following god being uh being obedient to the lord being obedient to god's word is going to improve your life i mean you know, you're not going to have easy sailing maybe but you know you can live in the blessing of being God's servant, being um, submitting to his lordship, as it were. Um, a lot of the motivational teaching that we hear, it's what can I get? It boils down to how I see it. What can I get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. And if I can just jump in there real quickly, Alex, mm -hmm. um, just going over the steps. Uh, let me get this right. Uh, 2018, right? Just on the topic on Christ. I think this is absolutely staggering. I can find it. So you have Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. This is 2018. 42% strongly agree, while 20% strongly disagree. Right? Mm -hmm. 2020. Same question. Those who strongly agree have gone down by 2%. And those who strongly disagree and see Jesus Christ as just the greatest creation of God went up by 2%. By 2%. So there's obviously a major swing in just two years. Well, maybe not major, I mean, but... There's an there's an obvious progression in in a negative direction, absolutely, and and it's an alarming progression. It is indeed. If the numbers were flat, it might not be so bad. But the fact that we are showing decline year over year, because you could probably even go back to 2016 and and see these numbers as they have declined over time. 
and uh let's see here oh so they just do uk so they actually measure uk and the us so the uk was done in 2018 they haven't updated yet for 2020 i can tell you when we recorded chris i think what you we even looked at this together we looked at the uk stuff and it was even it was way worse it was a lot more alarming well, I remember that. Yeah. It was shocking how bad that was. So historically, evangelicals have affirmed the authority of, of the Bible and salvation by Jesus Christ. The Bible testifies often to the deity of Christ. He is God incarnate in the word made flesh. You say that John 1, 1, 8, 58, Romans 9, 5, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. It may be unsurprising that a majority of the U.S. population rejects the deity of Christ, but now... Almost a third of evangelicals agree that he was merely a great teacher. So this now, so the first question that we that we looked at is targeted just at U.S. adults. This next one is evangelical. Twenty six percent agree that Jesus was just a good teacher, but was not God. And sixty six disagree that he was a great teacher but not was god so that's that's good to know that a majority of evangelicals disagree with the statement but what's sad is nearly one third of them agree and yeah i mean i it just it what what's alarming is you know i got i i had a Inter- you can call it kind of a soft interview tonight with a church. And I had mentioned, you know, my passion is to teach scripture. And we got to talking about youth, you know, young adults, teenagers, high schoolers, um, you know, the young early 20s adult. And the, the, the question was really around how do we get these individuals into the church? And you know, I just keep coming back to teaching Christ, teaching scripture. What does the Bible say about Christ? And what does the Bible say about God? And what does the Bible say about us? Because the thing is, is you can put up all the flashy billboards. You can put up all the flashy signs, have the big bands, and none of that's going to matter when the dust settles and everybody's dead in the grave. Because only those who God calls will respond accordingly to his grace. Yeah. But we have a major, major issue in big cities, small cities, big churches, small churches where the gospel is just not being teached. And uh, Chris, you can, att- you both can attest to this, can't you? Yeah. Yes, we can. And um, I think that, um, I think this goes, back to the discussion that we had in the patron group with myself and um, Anthony to Jesus in most churches um, that is being preached it's either a butler either a servant it's either a, a credit card uh, that people can swipe to purchase idols that they can um, indulge themselves in and worship no one really is teaching about Jesus Christ, God incarnate, enthroned, the despotate who rules this world. You know what I mean? So, and then 
on the other side, we have those that are in the Christian faith that are teaching a Jesus Christ who has a right relationship with God, whatever that means. And they don't see Christ as, um, as God, but rather someone that they can have a parallel relationship with without actually following him, but just in the sense that if he can do this, we can do this as well. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's just a small fringe who know who Christ is, who follow him faithfully, who live their lives in such a way that come rain or shine, um, prosperity or want, we will prove that God is worthy to be praised above everything else. And these people, their voices are getting, um, you know, almost eclipsed by the entertainment-driven church out there. So it's no surprise that that people don't see Jesus Christ as a God. And if he continues this way, I mean, the numbers are going to be astronomical in two years. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, what are your thoughts? As Matthew says, too much of the entertainment pragmatism is taking a stronghold in the church. It's about getting numbers up. It's about, um, I would almost venture to say there's a need to have church be practical. Again, back to the uh, motivational thing. How can it benefit you practically? Well, we need to hear about Jesus. We need the actual gospel, which is what gives life. It's what gives people eternal life, being saved through Jesus Christ. He's the only way to the Father. Um, yeah. Yeah, too much pragmatism. The yeah. focus is specific uh, of what we need to be focused on, which is the gospel. Yep. You know, and um, not, not only... Um, not only is pragmatism really bad, um, but you also have this almost self-centeredness that has encroached into um, Christianity. If something doesn't favor me, I'm going to let it go. Really? Yep. I... The world that might not, the world does not revolve around you. Get off that. I don't want to do like a Durban um, episode here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, get off your pedestal in a nice way. There you go. It's too much about our blessings. Again, too much about what we get out of it. Exactly. Like we get eternal life, and we get to spend eternity with God. Like that should be the prize. That should be that should be the greatest blessing we could ever desire. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I think this goes back to, um, again, um, people's understanding of um, election. Now, I know that we're not, we're not supposed to have a firm theological understanding of that, but we're supposed to have a right view of it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean, so we're not elected because God somehow looked into the future and noticed that we would choose him and then he elected us. That is the most it's pretty you know, ridiculous. But it's based on God's mercy. Everything about us is based on mercy. Everything that we have is because we are in Christ. So therefore, to not discuss Christ in a church setting is 
slap in the face. I mean, we spend 20% of our lives in church while the 80% is spent outside in this sin-filled world. So just imagine the unfold that we face every day and we have a weak understanding of Christianity. It is ridiculous. Yep. And Bodhi spoke about this. I'm, I'm not sure the year they spoke about this, but it can be in church for a long and still know absolutely nothing. We talked about election briefly before the call. And I I had an assignment due for class. And so I, I picked your guys' brains on it a little bit. And the text was Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14, the wedding feast. And Nephi, you, you brought up a really good point in that. Because it's not so much, I mean, it is a lot about God being sovereign in election, right? It's it's about God choosing who's going to be at the wedding feast. And then when he finds one who was brought in that doesn't fit the, you know, what God's desires are, they cast him out. And the text is quite, it's quite troubling for a lot of people to deal with. And even in my preaching class our instructor was like this is a hard text for many to preach on and most people will skip this text because they do not want to engage it because it's hard it's hard to read about god's sovereign choice but in the reality i would rather have a god who is sovereign over election than just anybody and everybody coming to based on whatever means they have felt necessary to get them there but you brought up a good point when you said that this text also points us into a set of mind that there's a certain requirement that God holds for us to when when he calls us and because the guy who came was not presented a wedding garment he was not you know in the right attire and he was completely separate he was different from the rest of the people there yeah Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's just that he felt that the requirements of Christ are not important. He felt that I can come to the wedding feast dressed the way that I am, and I don't have to follow God's rule. I'm just as good as anybody else. Again, this goes back to the parallel relationships. And um, God firmly informed in that that is not the case this is my wedding feast you know what i mean i'm the one that's going to give you the attire to to um, to come in i set the rules and um yeah and i think it's almost almost one can almost draw the parallel to um the the 10 virgins yeah absolutely and there's there's so much that can be brought out of this text it's a, it's a fascinating and deep piece of scripture but again it goes to this point that the scripture is deep with meaning and it and it covers such a broad range of things and this is what isn't being taught in churches and so this is what people are ignorant on it now as a host of this show uh, my goal is to teach my listeners about scripture my goal is to inform you and to walk alongside you and to teach you about all this stuff and so my my wish is that you guys would hear this text matthew 22 and not have had it glossed over in your church it's very possible that you have but my 
goal is at some point to teach you and encourage you to know this text and to understand it because it is deep and there's a lot to it. And, and I would hope you as a listener can pull that out of the, out of all of these episodes as we move forward through whatever series we're in, that you will be learning things that you don't hear in the church. But this Ligonier report is, is quite concerning because now we're going to get to God's plan of salvation. And, uh, and we're going to see what people think about this. So Chris, do you care if you read that little section for us? Throw you on the spot. Absolutely would love to. Uh, the section under God's plan of salvation in the report, at the heart of the Christian gospel is the declaration that God saves sinners from judgment through his son, Jesus Christ. Moreover, he saves people according to his sovereign purpose and design. The Bible teaches that God decided who would be saved before he even created the world, uh, as seen in Romans 9, verse 23, Ephesians 1, 4, and Titus 1, 2. But this view, which tends to humble man and exalt God, is widely rejected by the U.S. population. And I want to interject and say, again, it becomes very man-centered. We exalt man and, I believe, in effect, lower God a little. When it should be the other way around, we should be exalting God. Yeah. So God chooses the people to say, I mean, we literally just talked about this, right? The wedding feast is a great character in nature. So let's jump down to the evangelical because I think this will have some impact. So do you want to read that next paragraph underneath the sovereignty of God? The sovereignty of God and salvation is not rejected merely by the American population at large. Only a minority of U.S. evangelicals agree with this biblical doctrine, showing that the influence of Arminian theology remains strong in American evangelical churches. One negative consequence is the undermining of Christian assurance of salvation and so what we're getting here is out of the out of just regular u.s adults 26 percent of people would agree that god chooses people to save before he created the world half of the people disagree with that which isn't shocking because most people like you said are man-centered but what's really troubling is that only 38 percent of evangelicals would agree i mean election is littered throughout scripture i mean it's it's just, it's a doctrine that just doesn't go away because you don't like it. <laughs> it's just there. And nephew, I, I want to say, uh, Alex and I, like we said, we've been chatting a little before we got you on the line. Um, and what was I saying, Alex? Um, I wish I was taking some better notes sometimes. I be reading through passages of scripture, not looking for it. It just comes out and taps you on the nose. It's just there. Yeah, littered throughout the Bible. Yeah, I mean, out of every, I need to, I need to pick out the right words here. Out of every ethnicity, social justice people. Mm-hmm. Out of every, <laughs> out of every ethnicity in the world, he selected um, the Jews. Nobody um, accused him of being um, partial. Now that is both positive and negative um, connotations, but we're not really going to go into that. But then all through redemptive history, from the Old Testament right down to the New Testament, God has proven his sovereign right to choose. And I think the thing that most people fail to understand is that those whom Christ will not choose will prove to themselves, to the world, perfectly clear why they were not chosen by God. Those who are chosen by God will prove it by their 
absolute um, humbleness and reverence for Christ above everything else in this um, um, in this world, and they'll live their lives for His glory. And um, I just think that we, as human beings, feel that because God is sovereign in everything else, that um, that it's totally unfair that He would choose one person over um, the other. But the fact that he has created one way, he selected one way, not myriads of ways. He did not send Christ to die every century, but once. Speaks of his absolute sovereign, and this is his world that we're living in. That's absolutely true. Chris, what are your thoughts? I I agree, and I, I got a little distracted because I'm looking at something that I think really ties in with this uh very well. Uh, if you don't mind if I read it, it's one of the statements out of the London Baptist Confession of Faith, the 1689. Yeah. Um, and it's it's uh, section three of God's decree, um, number seven, paragraph seven, rather. The doctrine of this high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care that men attending the will of God revealed in his word and yielding obedience thereunto may from the certainty of their effectual vocation be assured of their eternal election. There's that assurance we can get out of this. Uh, so yeah. shall this doctrine afford matter of praise, reverence, and admiration of God, and of humility, diligence, and abundant consolation to all that sincerely obey the gospel. Uh, I mean, I think it nails it right there. <laughs> yeah. What else you could really say with it? So um, we're going to jump down a couple of questions here. Because there's again, there's there's tons and tons of stuff that they cover in this uh, in this report. I mean, they I I'm pretty sure there's something like, uh, let's see, 35 total questions that they cover, and then they target against, um, um you know, uh, American adults and then uh, evangelicals. So really, there's 70 different things we can look at. And I want to jump down. And I want to look at uh, the question here on on the Bible. And the comment says the most consistent and concerning trend is increasing rejection of the literal truth of Scripture among the U.S. population. The inspiration and inerrancy of Scripture is clear from the Bible itself. Uh, Proverbs thirty verse five, Second Timothy three sixteen, Second Peter one nineteen through twenty one. And is also affirmed by the historical reform confessions of the 16th and 17th century, which uh, you just read, Chris. So I did. I did just flip over to that section too. mm. So the so the question is: the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. So here they give us a range, uh, and this is this is starting. This is where we start to get this alarming trend now ligonier started this back in 2014 with these reports and every two years they release one in 2014 41 percent of adults agreed that the bible is not true but helpful accounts of ancient myths in 2016 that was a 44 percent agree in 2018 it was 47 and in 2020 it's 48 so in six six years, it has gone up seven percent, and we have decreased in American adults from a thirty two percent disagree 
down to 26%. So they've lost 6%. So we're starting to see this kind of a uh, shift from people who believe that the Bible is true to believing the Bible is uh, false. So what are your guys' thoughts on on this particular statistic? Because this one has major ramifications, just like uh, the deity of Christ. It breaks my heart. I mean, it, it's a heartbreaking thing. We have the words of life, like the words breathed out by a living and holy God right here. Like, and in our country, we're spoiled because we can have it in like how many different translations, how many different formats. Oh, and, and countless. I mean, if there's and, any yeah. nice leather you can think of from like, like goat skin to ostrich like you need it in any format you want it's ridiculous we're, we're spoiled whereas you know other parts of the world there's people that'll die for this word we recently celebrated the anniversary of the uh of the uh the martyr the, the martyrdom martyring yeah the death of a uh, white cliff who he man he was killed for the crime of translating the holy scriptures into english and yeah, with I mentioned, yeah, William Tyndale there. Did I say Wycliffe? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Wycliffe, Tyndale. They were killed for translating the Bible into English and making it more available to get it out of the grasp of the official church and put it into the hands of the common man. Yeah. Um, I, shared that, I shared that on my story, and I, I have a friend, God bless her, a wonderful person, um, who had commented, wow, just for our convenience, but we talked about it. It was like, it wasn't just for the sake of making it more convenient. It was putting into the hands of the common man, the common woman, that they could read God's word for themselves. It was such an important and vital thing. Um, it could really still be, but it, it's starting like, like the report shows it is starting to be looked at. That is, uh, I think one friend I had about a decade ago had said, I mean, it's not like we got it out of, what, how did they put it? It's not like, God sent it to us via facsimile. And yeah. It's like that's, and that was like 2011, 2012, they said that. So we just see the trend grow. Yeah. Um, I just think it is, um, if we have a low view of Christ, and if we see Christ as just a, a, a created being, then it's only right that we would, a large portion of, of the population who calls of Christians will not view the scripture as as holy writing um, of God, which I think it's kind of um, ironic. This goes back to the whole issue that they see, they, they, there's a large portion that believe in the Trinity, but don't believe Jesus Christ is God. And if they believe that Jesus Christ is created by, by God, but yet they don't hold to the fact that the Bible is God-breathed, I mean, something is wrong there. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we really run into major issues especially within the church body if we don't hold to scripture being uh the inerrant word of god and then we we run into major issues if we don't hold to scripture or if we don't hold to christ being god if we don't hold to the trinity if we don't hold to you know all of these essential doctrines these essential core truths of the Christian faith. If we don't, then, then what are we doing? We're no better and, and any more inconsistent than any of these other major religions in the world that have, you know, countless gods 
with all of these different sacred writings. And we just fall in line with that because really, if we don't have consistency within the Christian community, then what are we doing here? So let's bump down here because uh, we're at our 45 minute mark, but we'll keep plowing through because I think we've got some good conversation going here. This is a good one. Uh, this one seems to be a hot topic lately. Um, the Holy Spirit gives a new, these are evangelical findings now. So the Holy Spirit gives uh, a spiritual new birth to or new life before a person has faith in Christ. Uh, this has been on the decrease in agree since uh, 2016. It was 62% then. 57% now um and people are starting to disagree with this up to now 35% of evangelicals will di will disagree with this statement so now we're getting people who don't believe the holy spirit gives new spiritual life before a person has faith in christ so regeneration does not precede faith and i think that is an alarming statistic again it, all of these really are. I mean, when you, when we start to really boil it down, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, this goes down to poor understanding of um, scriptures, which then flows into how certain um, pulpits talk about God and the plan of salvation. I mean, if, there's some churches where the ongoing process of sanctification isn't discussed as much. I mean, they will throw it in there, but it's more or less like an afterthought. And um, this is the reason why. And um, I, I just think that is that is sad to see because I believe that because what the scripture states that that God regenerates an individual before faith. Right. I mean, that only just logically makes sense if I mean, not to place logic ahead into the scripture, but it just makes sense that Peter wasn't fishing on a boat and then says, oh, I have faith in Christ now. Oh, here he comes. Let me make sure I respond to him when he calls me to go follow him. That didn't happen. Oh, it did not. J Jesus walked by the boat and said, you come follow me now. And then they were like, okay. And threw their nets down and then left and followed Christ. So it just, it's this whole like ability to, I can choose to have faith or I, you know, I was the one that decided I called Jesus into my heart. I did, you know, it's I, 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 and the gospel eliminates that from you. You don't have that privilege. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, the only thing that, that we did was recognize our absolute poverty of um any spiritual um richness like we recognize that we are absolutely poor and we have nothing nothing in and in and of ourselves to offer christ except to cling to the cross that's all yeah so here's uh chris do you have any thoughts before we jump on to the next one i just sell for a heart of flesh <laughs> it's like, God. I, I, I'll say, I think 
if one wrestles perhaps with the ideas of a election of a predestination, um, you share the gospel with somebody. If you've ever had that experience of sharing the gospel with someone, and it's like you could have all your scripture straight, you could have all the logical explanations, or just or you could share it super eloquently. It just seems like nothing gets them. God has yeah. to do that. God yeah. has to turn that. Heart. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's the amazing thing is that. We can sit and bang on that door, but it's God who knocks it down for them. You know, I can I can sit and preach all I want in the God in the pulpit and tell people how how much they need to do something. You need to do this. You need to do that. And at the end of the day, if you don't do that, that's not my fault, and it's not their fault. It's for one, it's probably more or less my fault because I didn't actually deliver the right word of God to them. Because if I'm just telling them, do this and that, I'm giving them a works-based theology, and I'm no better than the Roman Catholics. I preach a false yeah. gospel. Yeah. And so I must give them the gospel. Now, if I give them the gospel from the pulpit, and then the, nothing happens, that's on God the Holy Spirit. Hardening or softening hearts. So. Yeah. We're we're approaching the hour mark, so let's tackle one more question, and then we'll let nephew go back to sleep. Yes, please. Alex, did you have one keyed up already? If not, I do have one. I would love to touch. Yeah, on. if that's the kind of a positive trend, we can end on a positive. Trend. Cl- close us out. I love a positive trend, Chris. Close us out. Learning about God, and let me go ahead and read this little two-part thing here. Theology is the study of God. America's increasingly secular culture often gives the impression that studying the truth of God is no longer relevant and should be confined to the ivory towers of academia. Mm. But a large majority of U.S. adults disagree. While many people deny basic tenets of the Christian faith, it may be the case that they still desire to have some understanding of who God is, even if it is their own self-constructed theology apart from biblical revelation, particularly with the fears and the concerns occasioned by COVID-19. People may now be giving more thought to ultimate matters of eternal significance. I'm going to say for myself, when the whole COVID thing started, yeah, I, I wrestled with my mortality. You know, we thought it was going to be this majorly, we thought the plague was coming almost, some of us. And it was like, you know, we, we've learned since. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it made you stop, it made me stop and think, okay, let's wrestle with this. Um, the statistic learning about theology is for pastors and scholars. Only um, 50% disagree. Um, to me, that's hopeful. That's It's almost like God's cracking a door open. Like, if people are getting that hunger, maybe uh, people like you, Alex, would come along. Let, let's get the sound theology out there. Let's mm-hmm. get the sound Bible teaching out there. Let, let's Maybe God's giving us an opportunity to stand up, stand on his word, and let's introduce people or having questions who are getting curious to the God that we know and serve. Nephew, what are your thoughts? Um, I would, I would agree wholeheartedly. You know what I mean? So I would also agree with what um, Chris said. Um, as far as when this COVID hit, um, I decided to, you know, expand my knowledge on, um, 
on theology. And a couple months down the line, like I'm still plying on. And um, I've been able to appreciate God a lot more. Um, I've become acutely aware of my absolute depravity. You know what I mean? And um, and the, the ability to dis- to discuss these topics with other Christians, um, regardless of um, of um, of boundaries, um, has been great. So I believe that this has been a, a positive side. You know what I mean? So I, I believe that just as Chris said, there is that sense in which God is cracking the doors and getting people to take a bold step in understanding him in terms of um, um, theology and how we understand theology and the theology that we have will, again, affect our Christology and everything else um, related to that. And I think it is going in a positive um, direction, and I just hope that it keeps going. Yeah, I think there's definitely a need for more than just pastors to be theologians. I think pastors should be theologians. I also think people in the pews should be theologians. Look, you don't have to have a library where you have a thousand books on, you know, the church history and, you know, all these little nuances of, of theology, but have a good study Bible, have a good couple sets of commentaries. And, you know, and if a, piece of doctrine interests you then invest in it you know like i there's a great series if you're into the five solas there's a great five book series on the five solas you can get that for relatively cheap and that'll take you through grace alone uh god's glory alone god's word alone christ alone and faith alone each book tackles that topic and so those are things that you can look at attributes of god there's great books written uh, Matthew Bar- Barrett does none greater. That's a fantastic book. I'd highly recommend that. Um, I'm just looking at some of the stuff that catches my eye off my library. You know, there's, um, I, I mean, I, I've got all sorts of books to basically water any taste, but if you're looking for church history, 2000 years of Christ power, easy to read church history books, very easy, very entertaining. And they explain in depth everything to modern date and it's four books you can get those on amazon you can get them just about anywhere online so to sit in the pew and say that that's not my job to learn about god is a ridiculous notion and thankfully uh, 73 percent of evangelicals agree 85 percent agree with that um so I'm just saying 73 strongly, 12% somewhat agree. So 85 together, but that that's a good trend. And, you know, despite, and look, this isn't a a podcast episode where we just come on and beat you down with, you know, for being uh, negligent in your studies, because most of you guys who listen to me are, are, doing exactly what the three of us do. We read the Bible, we study scripture, we talk about it with our families and friends, our church members, things like that. We invest time into understanding the word of God. Um, This is just an alarming state that we live in 
and and I think it's only right to bring the information to the forefront. And we only touched what like five questions, six questions of thirty five. So there's so much more that you can look at in these reports. And I, I oftentimes just kind of find myself going here and just reading through it and drilling down and looking at different things because it helps me understand uh, where the weaknesses are inside of the church. And even though they may not be in my church particularly, these are churches as a whole. And so if you're a pastor, an elder, um, a group group leader, look at these reports, dig into them and invest in time and learning how you can, you know, work on the weaknesses, whether it's through Bible study, whether it's through counseling, whether it's through one-on-one training, whatever it may be, invest time in your sheep, invest time in your family, raise up your kids, raise up your spouse, teach them. Don't, waste the time watching the news or tv or or whatever it is because all of that junk is going to fall away and burn out invest time in knowing who god is and you won't be disappointed the word of the lord remains forever so gentlemen uh nephews like 5 a.m now so let's give some some last thoughts and then we'll close her out so uh nephew last thoughts um, I just want to say that um, I'm hoping that in two years' time, the stats on the deity of Christ will be more on affirming him as who he truly is. And that starts with us. That starts with you. That starts with every person out there who truly saved, who lives, um, for Christ and is able to articulate the truth of his deity to others. And this goes out to um, pastors um, who spend majority of their time talking about how to better ourselves apart from, the, apart from the scriptures for them to take a step back and teach, preach the gospel. So that in two years' time, when we come back and we discuss this, that we can affirm with great joy that our fellow brothers and sisters affirm that Christ is Lord, that we're not in the same position going through the steps and shaking our heads, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful last thoughts. Chris, what are your thoughts? My last thoughts, I just want to give an encouragement and jump off of uh, what was mentioned in this uh, last question or this last item that we covered. Um, Don't let the knowledge of God for anyone listening, don't let the knowledge of God be confined to a proverbial ivory tower of academia. Um, don't be intimidated, intimidated or think that this is just head knowledge we're talking about, but really truly learn who God is, learn who Jesus is. We learn his word, dive into and immerse yourself in the word. Um, you know, get work through the passages you don't understand, pray through the passages you don't understand. Get a solid, trustworthy study Bible, uh, ESV study Bible, Ligonier's uh, Reformation study Bible, the MacArthur. Um, get a good, solid study Bible. Really learn and know God. Um, I, I've spent most of my walk being rather prideful in, in recent years. Uh, learn who we really are according to the Word of God. 
to know and learn how much we need Jesus. Because I need Jesus. Uh, and he really is the only hope that I or any of us have. It is an absolutely invaluable treasure to learn about our God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, gentlemen, thank you again for joining me on this uh, episode. It feels like we were, we literally just started recording. It really does. I don't know how an hour has passed. Um, I think we covered some good ground. I think we had some good enlightenment on this and, and, you know, cause of concerns and, uh, and, and then some lights of hope sprinkled in here. Yeah. And and I'm very, I'm always optimistic, right? Because God can do marvelous things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, but it's going to come down to to just prayer and it's going to come down to men willing to step into the gap and do the work. And, uh, you know, he's called some to ministry. He's called some to teaching. He's called some to, you know, um, just be a voice and an encouragement to fellow friends and family members. I mean, whatever it is that he has called you to don't neglect that call. Um, don't, don't forsake it because I'll tell you, it'll be a blessing when you finally pick it up and run with it. And, and if God's really calling you there, you're not going to have a choice because he's going to drag you there. I'm just telling you this straight up. I didn't think I'd ever become a preacher. And here I am running a podcast, going to seminary and preaching in churches. So he'll do what he wants to do. Yeah. He will. So thank you gentlemen for joining me. Uh, I enjoyed this. Yeah, you're most welcome. I thank you guys for uh, all that you do for me. And and this has been a fantastic episode. And I hope it is edifying to the listeners. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back next week as we continue uh, plowing through the Old Testament in our eschatology series. So until then, God bless. We'll see you later. Good night. Good night, everyone. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.